Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cat. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by First Watch. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. We got to talk some basketball recruiting. Uh, there's been more news in that trial up in New York that involves college basketball. Plus, Kyle had some uh, good stories that came out this week and one that is coming out after a record, uh, some on recruiting and some on um, basketball overall. Uh, but, Kyle, let's, let's, I just kind of want to like get some potpourri stuff out of the way at the start, and I'll just let you react to this. Uh, Benny, and they're both kind of like shoe-related, <laughs> Benny Snell signs with Under Armour. And uh, I find this interesting. I don't. The contract details have not been made public to this point, but I don't feel like a ton of fourth round guys make public announcements because this was announced on Under Armour's Twitter account. And I'm thinking back to that Forbes article that wrote about how his social media presence uh, might have kind of you know outweighed where he was going to be taken in the draft. And I'm I'm just I. I think it's fair to speculate that this helped him get this deal. And so, uh, once again, as we talked about earlier, a, c- a couple podcasts ago, UK helping him out with uh, the snailyeah.com and all that campaign and getting the trademark and that kind of deal. Uh, that Those things probably helped him get this deal as well, so good on all involved. And I think it'll probably be a pretty good partnership. Uh, you know, I, I it's interesting you talk about his brand. Like, we to, to go even further back, I wonder again and we've talked about this before if him getting ejected from the bowl game two years ago wasn't the best thing that ever happened to him um because he was already a good player but he became like a national (laughs) nationally known name because he was so egregiously ejected for such a stupid thing by the official i mean uh, you know it's america's favorite pastime to hate on officiating and that was the most and that was the easiest thing for the whole world to get behind. Like, how dumb was this call and how, you know, showy by an official <laughs> to do it. And, you know, it sucked for Benny and it sucked for Kentucky because I think they made a, probably would have won that bowl game if they had him. Uh, but in the long term, pretty, pretty huge. Uh, and he even talked about that going into the preseason last year. Like, all things considered, it probably made him more visible. And then he just really built on that. Like, you know, the Snell, yeah, thing. He's just a, he's a, you know, he talks in the third person. He came out at SEC Media Days last year and said, you know, he thought he was the best running back in the league. And maybe he said best in the country. You know, he's got that bravado. He backs it, he has so far backed it up with the way he plays. And then I think, too, maybe he's, uh, maybe Under Armour looks at this and goes, this, you know, if you're trying to identify a guy who's taken a little later in the draft, who could, be a become a steady presence in the NFL and play for a long time and be a, a real factor. You know, you could you could make worse bets than Benny Snell. And when you're trying to look for that guy who also would be really marketable, who's got a story, who's got the chip on his shoulder story, the kid from basically Ohio State's backyard that Ohio State didn't want, the kid from Kentucky that people once again doubted and said was too slow coming out of college despite all his, you know, accomplishments and, and production. Um you know, you put all, you when you package all those things together, 
it, rolling the dice on Benny Snell is not a bad bet if you're, especially when you're not Nike and not one of the top top uh, brands. Under Armour still is, has become a, a, a huge brand, but is still carving out its niche. I, I think that's to me. I think that's a, a a pretty smart play by them. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and speaking of shoe news, this was. Uh, you and I have both admitted that we are not "quote unquote" sneakerheads, but the reaction that I saw around this this is apparently a really big deal. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has gotten his own shoe. It is called the Air Max One Swipa, which is a play off his name, which I believe um, is a play off of Dora the Explorer. And oh my gosh, we're all so old right now because De'Aaron Fox apparently grew up watching Dora the Explorer. Um, anyway. Um, they look cool. I mean, this is just is just another step, and I mean, it's it's obviously good for Kentucky basketball overall to have a guy who uh, they don't look like a signature basketball shoe. I don't completely understand, but uh, you know, he's he has his shoes, and everyone apparently likes them. And anytime a guy from your program gets a signature shoe, it's a big deal and uh, nice for your program. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a low top. It like it definitely doesn't look like a basketball shoe to me. Maybe that's not what it's supposed to be. Um, of course, we're showing our not hipness by not really understanding the sneakers. We need our buddy Kyle Mann to get on here and break it down for us. But uh, Which, by the way, we're going to do that. We're just going to say it out loud because we got to commit to getting together with Kyle Mann. We put out another cool video for The Ringer today, uh, breaking down, essentially breaking down how ri- just absolutely ridiculous Steph Curry's uh, three-point shooting is and how um, – are you just going to bang on your keyboard – while I talk, Curtis. Yes. This is the loudest keyboard I've ever heard. Sorry, listeners. Curtis is very unprofessional. Actually, uh, they can't hear it because it wasn't close to the mic. It was just close to your phone receptor. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Kyle Mann can tell us how cool these shoes are. They look pretty cool to me. Well, you mentioned the Door of the Explorer thing. I was thinking, like, I wonder if he ever run would ever run into any uh, infringement issues with the Swipa thing. He made that, like, his Twitter handle when he was in high school, but now it's on the back. It is literally on the back of the Nikes that his signature Nike shoes, it says Swipa. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, probably not. This be silly if it, if it was, but it definitely, I, I mean, I assume it was, was uh, hijacked from door of the Explorer. Swipe no swiping. Well, that was the Fox. So I don't know where else you would get it from. Yeah. Like yeah. that. I, I, if anybody else has any kind of theories on that, I'm all ears. I'd like to see a high-level court battle between Deer and Fox and the creators of <laughs> Dora the Explorer <laughs> uh, over the over the Nike shoes. That would be fantastic. Um, and by the way, if my typing was loud, it is not even close to the loudest typing that has ever uh, been on UK media. If you if you're ever interested in that story, I won't tell you. Um, but anyway, uh, the last note before we get into some of Kyle's stories in the next couple segments, Billy Gillespie. Man, Kyle, we 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 joked about Josh Allen have to having to have a big shelf for all his awards. Well, Billy Gillespie is in the same boat because he just won another Coach of the Year award. He was named by HoopDirt.com, very very uh, reputable basketball site, the National Junior College Coach of the Year. So how about that? Did you say HoopDirt? HoopDirt.com. <laughs> Boy, what an honor. What an honor to have a piece of hardware from hoop dirt on your mantle. And he did it all with somebody else's kidney. 
<laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I think she deserves a lot of the credit. Do you think uh, she, what 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 um what percentage of your body is is a kidney? Like what four or five percent, maybe something along those lines, maybe less. I would say not even close to four or five percent. Uh, oh. like not even one percent, probably. Um, but yeah, whatever the percentage is, he he should break off a piece of that trophy and mail it to her. Okay, um, I'm googling right now. <laughs> 170 grams is how much a kidney weighs. So yeah, that's not a ton of your percentage of of a person, but she should get some of it. Yes, I agree. But yeah, I mean, Billy Gillespie is a good X and, X and O's basketball coach, and he probably, if he doesn't come to Kentucky or any other similar type program where you've got to be a face and a salesman and a handshaker and all and play the game you know the game outside of the game without with all that pressure that comes with it at a blue blood if he just stays at the level he was at you know texas a&m i think he's he probably has continued to be thought of as a really good coach um i just think he was the absolute wrong person to sit in this seat at kentucky um especially at a time when you know, Tubby was was kind of pushed out the door, and the whole, the feeling was that you know Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight wasn't good enough anymore, and you know they needed to recruit better and all those things. Like the the hire had to be a home run, and they swung and missed on some guys. I think Billy Donovan may have been in the group that that time. I wasn't here then, but and so you get down to Billy Gillespie. So people were craving a big change. You know, you don't get rid of a guy that's won a national title in in Tubby. And, uh, you know, with the idea that you're going to end up with your fourth or fifth choice and he's going to be a guy who's completely uncomfortable with the spotlight at Kentucky. And that's what happened with Billy Gillespie. And it was just a total uh, a total mismatch and a, and, a, and a nightmare from the start. But Billy's a good coach. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's been really, really good, you know, since he sort of flamed out and went, went to the junior college ranks. He's played for the national championship this year. Um if somebody else at a at a power five level gives them another shot somewhere down the road. All right, coming up next, we are going to talk a little like recruiting kind of broadly because Kyle and the uh, a guy with much better hair, Jeff Greer, uh, did a piece for the Athletic on the current recruits and and what they think about some topics that have been bantered about um, in college basketball. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about First Watch. We've been telling you about them. For a while, they've recently been voted Lexington's best breakfast. Uh, they've got the delicious million-dollar bacon. They got all kinds of other delicious dishes, including elevated egg sandwiches and smoked salmon Benedict. First Watch is just a breakfast and lunch spot. They're open from 7 a.m. to 2:30 p.m. every day, and they get busy. But they do have the First Watch mobile app, which you can use to check in on wait times and get in line before you even get there. It's so easy. They've got three Lexington restaurants all of which are locally owned. There's a few up in Louisville and in Cincinnati too, so if you're in those areas, there's a good chance that one is close to you. First watch. Yeah, it's fresh. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So, Kyle, you and Jeff Greer polled some 2020 recruits, uh, asked them a couple of questions. Uh, What were your kind of takeaways overall, big picture, from this little poll? Yeah, I mean, we just kind of, you know, a few things 
one, this trial has kind of revealed <clears throat> that so much of the, the dirty happens around these kids, the people that are influencing their decisions. You know, people are trying to, to buy off whoever the, the big influencer is on their lives. So I, I wanted, we wanted to know, like, who, who, are, who are most of these kids' top influencer? You know, and we asked them all. We, we talked to 20 of the, of the top players, in, uh, mostly in the class of 2020, a couple of the top guys in 2021, but they were all blue-chip recruits. And, you know, we asked um, who's the, whose opinion matters most when it comes time to make your decision. And a handful said just generically family. There were a bunch of dads, a bunch of moms. Um, I think there was only one or two that said they're you know, one of their coaches, their AAU coaches. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if I take a lot from that other than, um, you know, it's important for one, for coaches to know who's the, who's the decision maker in the household, who's going to push, uh, like Isaiah Todd, who Kentucky is recruiting, said that, like, basically, I trust my mom completely, and whatever she says is what I'm going to do. So it's pretty important that, you know, uh, Kenny Payne or Tony Barbie or Joel Justice and Cal Perry get in there and, uh, you know, form that relationship with the decision maker of the household. And, you know, on the, on the shadier end of the spectrum, I'm sure that the, the do batters out there, uh, (laughs) are, are the first ones to know who the influencers are and, and they probably seek those people out. I mean, you hear this trial, you're hearing about, you know, uh, moms and, aunts and cousins and whoever that were wanting to be set up in order to, to help influence uh, kids' decisions. The other thing, you know, the NBA rules getting ready to change, I think, for the 2020 class. So it won't affect any of these guys unless something, you know, dramatic changes. You could maybe see it for 2021. Um, but we asked them if, you, if the rule was already changing, you could go straight uh, from high school to the NBA, would you? Um, and it's interesting. Most said yes. Uh, but not all. I actually don't have it right in front of me with the final number. Um, well, actually, yeah, I do. Um, so the the number was – we had seven yeses out of 20. Just pretty much straight up yes, I would go. Five no's. And that, that was interesting to me. Five guys that just – that are blue chip recruits saying, no, I don't – you know, I want to be ready. And six that said I'd have to – you know, I'm undecided. I'd have to see. Um but, you know, that's 13 out of 20 that would be uh, yes or, or consider it at least. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting. Um, Isaiah Jackson, who's a, the number 15 player in 2020, he said, of course, it's always been my dream to be in the NBA. Um, and, you know, one, one guy, the number three player in the class of 2021, he's actually the, the first guy Kentucky offered in the class of 2021. The o- currently the only player in that class uh, with an offer, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who's from the Congo, um, he said, I'm thinking about it, but you can't just go like that. You've got to put in the work, hard work, be ready to go. You can't just be like the rule change and just up and go. Uh, you've got to work hard for that. But then he said, but if, I'm, but if I feel like I'm ready, I'm out. <laughs> so uh, I think he sort of speaks for a lot of guys um, that if they – if they think they can do it, they absolutely, you know, and they're going to be a decent pick, they're absolutely going to. I mean, the bottom line is when that rule gets changed, 
you know, take most of the top 10 and probably some guys in the 10 to 15, 10 to 20 range. And every now and then there's probably going to be a straggler or two that's ranked even lower than that who just wants to roll the dice and bet on himself. They're going to be gone. And, and it's going to change the face of college basketball because the top programs that get the top players are going to be getting, they're going to be still getting the best available players, but it's going to be a different tier. It's going to be a tier lower. And that pushes everybody behind the big dogs down another level as well. Um, and then the third thing that we asked them, and this is one that I thought was probably the most interesting or, or maybe valuable piece of information for college coaches. How important is it uh, that a school is recruiting you has at least one coach watching your games here? And by here we meant on the grassroots circuit. And of the 20, 11 said very important, uh, four said a little important, and five said it wasn't important at all. So 15 of the 20 said it was had some importance, that they see the coaches. You know, there's this frenzy of tweeting out, and I, I did it. Ben Roberts does it. Anybody that covers these things will tweet out whatever team they're covering, and national guys will t- tweet a bunch of different guys, coaches. But such, such and such, you know, Cal Perry, Coach K, whatever, are watching this player. And then an hour and a half later, now they're watching this player. And you go, why does that matter? Well, it matters to the, the recruits, uh, most of them. Uh, and Cade Cunningham, who's a top 10 player in the 2020 class, uh, I thought he probably said it best because re- this year the NCAA has restricted um, coaches' time that they can be on the circuit watching these players. So there's actually only one weekend in the, in the early um, period – um, in this whole month of April, April, May, um, where the coaches could be out on this, on the shoe company circuits. And that was this past weekend. And then not again until peach jam weekend in uh, the middle of July. And so Cade Cunningham, a top 10 recruit, he said, it definitely matters, uh, seeing coaches there at his games, especially he said with the new changes in the recruitment and the live periods, if they come see me for all my games at this, when there's not a lot of time to recruit other people, that means a lot. So um, I thought I thought that was uh, pretty interesting, and several guys did. Isaiah Todd, who Kentucky's recruiting, called it very important, and he said he noticed uh, he noticed that Calipari was there for his entire game, and that's one thing Cal did on this opening weekend. He didn't bounce around, even though all his all the guys with offers from Kentucky were on the Nike circuit, so they were all under one roof. Uh, he didn't bounce around in the first day and a half. There, he, he sat in one place, always in the front row, very visible on the baseline at whatever game it was, and he stayed there for the entire game. And I think he was trying to send a message to some guys. Scotty Barnes and Isaiah Todd are teammates, both five-star guys in this upcoming class, and they both noticed that Cal didn't move and sat there for, for an entire 45-point blowout, by the way, on Saturday morning. So we'll be tracking all that uh, recruiting info. Coming up next, we are going to get – some way too early, would you call them, Kyle, power rankings for the SEC? Yes. And talk about that trial going up in New York. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So, Kyle, who's going to be the best team in the SEC basketball next year? <laughs> yeah, I've got a piece coming out. I think, um, depending on when this publishes, it'll be out. I think it should be out Thursday morning on The Athletic. Uh, and It'll be a pretty deep dive into the whole league. Uh, a way too early, but but pretty comprehensive to this point. Uh, look at the the whole league, and I I mean I think it'll be Kentucky again. I mean they're just 
especially if, if EJ and, and Nick come back and they, and they get Johnny Juzang. Um, and then if they get Blackshear, then, you know, I think they're probably preseason number one nationally. But uh, I think they'll be the most talented team in the SEC again. But there are going to be some challengers. Uh, you know, Auburn and Tennessee will probably be there again. Ten- Tennessee is very much up in the air. Grant Williams and Jordan Bone are both, um, you know, in the draft. And gr- I think Grant Williams will stay in. He's a projected kind of late first rounder. But, you know, I've heard from people around that program that they wouldn't be shocked. He's the kind of guy they wouldn't be shocked if he came back. Uh, Jordan Bone, meanwhile, not really projected to be picked by anybody, but seems more uh, determined to stay in. If one of those guys comes back, I think they're going to be fine. Excuse me. Rick Barnes is finally uh, recruiting at a high level now, and he got a five-star McDonald's All-American, Josiah James, uh, a a wing who's coming in and, and ostensibly would replace Admiral Schofield, uh, who's, who was a senior this past year. I think they're still going to be good. You know, how good depends on what happens in the draft. Auburn, um, they're losing a bunch of guys, and probably Jared Harper, he seems to be determined to stay in the draft. If they do lose him, and they, they are, they're definitely losing Bryce Brown, um, they lose their top two scores. But I think they return a pretty solid nucleus from that Final Four team, and then they have a great – a recruiting class. So um, I, I I think Auburn will be there, but the team that I at the in the top tier that I like to really make a move this year and um, challenge at the top is Florida, and that's even with them losing three seniors that I think are th- three of their top five scores, some really good players, Jalen Hudson, Kevon Allen, those guys. But they are adding <clears throat> they one if Andrew Nimhard comes back, I thought he was terrific as a freshman. Um, if he comes back, uh, I think they can be special. Um, and they're adding a, just a really, really good recruiting class. They're adding a Kentucky-type recruiting class, a couple of McDonald's All-Americans, and the one that I love is Scotty Lewis. I know he's a guy that you are impressed with as well. Kentucky was in a battle trying to get him. But, you know, he's a super athletic, super long, super bouncy, uh, super energetic a uh, wing who I think could be one of the best defensive players in America. Um, he'll be one of the best energy guys in the country. Um, I think Scotty Lewis just gives them an edge right away that'll change Florida and make them uh, a contender next year. And then the last thing uh, we need to wrap with, Kyle, is at this point, I guess the easiest question to pose here, and I'll get to the specifics on why this is the question in a sec. Uh, but is Sean Miller going to lose his job? Because today, I believe it was on a, a taped phone call, his associate head coach at the time of the recording uh, was on tape and basically said that uh, Coach Miller is paying DeAndre Ayton $10,000 a month to play at Arizona. Uh, Kyle, how does Sean Miller still have a job? I, I don't know. I mean, he's got an assistant, former assistant, who was like blatantly buying players or, or attempting to buy players. And the other thing to remember here, we've mentioned this on some other stuff with this trial, this is not testimony. I mean, there's been testimony that's damning for Sean Miller, but this is not. This is guys unaware they're being recorded, being recorded talking to uh, what they thought were shady characters helping them fund this process who were actually federal uh, agents. And so, you know, they're they're not – testifying in court trying to save their rear ends by throwing somebody else under the bus. 
they're caught unknown to them on tape saying these things. And this is one of Sean Miller's assistants, his top assistant, um, saying he buys dudes and bought, you know, DeAndre Ayton, who was, that was the, you know, the story that ESPN had a while back and Mark Schleybaugh who broke it caught all kinds of flack because, you know, Arizona fans and Arizona fan media, um, sort of dissected that and called into question the credibility of it. Well, he's got to be feeling pretty good right now because, you know, that information today pretty well corroborates <laughs> the idea that DeAndre Ayton was uh, bought and paid for at Arizona. And so to your question, I, I don't know how he keeps his job, but I don't know how anybody, any of these guys keep their job. I mean, it may not last, but Will Wade's back on the job at LSU. He's back out there recruiting. He's talking to five stars, trying to rebuild his class again. Um, so uh, nothing would surprise me anymore. If, if Sean Miller comes out of this totally unscathed, despite all this damning information, um, it wouldn't shock me because I, I also just feel like what's the, the NCAA probably feels like, can we, you know, and schools probably feel like, why should anyone coach or program get hammered when all logical thinking is that most of the, most of college basketball is probably doing the same exact thing. Yeah, it's a big mess. Um, and it seems like uh, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday. Your boss, colleague, whatever Seth Davis is, uh, is looking pretty foolish from his tweet yesterday <laughs> about talking about how maybe college basketball is cleaner than we thought. Uh, yeah, that was, that's, uh, I don't, can you get old takes exposed after one day? Because I feel like he, he, he might need to be on that list. Yeah, that's uh, I've, as a as a as an old takes uh, exposed Hall of Famer. I, I sympathize. Yeah, you're really bad at predicting stuff. So, all right, uh, please follow us on social media. We are at Locked On UK on Twitter, on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. You can find me at Curtis Birch B U R C H. Follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. Read his work on The Athletic. Please rate, please review, please subscribe, and uh, most importantly, please share. That's how we grow the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. What's up, dude? Hello, Kyle. How are you? Pretty, pretty good. How about yourself? Good. Um, 